Welcome to Christian Historical Fiction Talk. I'm your host, author Liz Tolsma. It is so great to have you along with us today. Before we get started with today's fabulous guest, let me just remind you that you can subscribe to Christian Historical Fiction Talk on your favorite podcasting platform. That way you'll get alerts and notices and you won't miss a single episode because I keep saying it every time we come on, but it is so true. We have so many terrific guests coming up. The lineup just keeps getting better and better, and I'm so excited for everyone who is coming. You don't want to miss out on any of that, so please be sure to subscribe to Christian Historical Fiction Talk and spread the word about it. Let your reading friends know that we are out here and we're talking to some fabulous authors. Also, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. So please be sure to stop in there and follow. You'll keep up to date on everything that is happening there. And so we like to talk about books and I like to share books by other authors that I'm reading or that I've heard are really good and things I'm looking forward to. And I do ask questions over there too that sometimes make it into the podcast. So be sure to stop over there and connect with us there. And for the show notes, our guest is going to be talking about her brand new book. If you would like to learn more about the book, about our author, and where you can purchase her book, you can find the information over on my website, which is liztolsma.com. If the site is still under construction when you get there, we're working to make it really fabulous, but it's taking a little bit of time. So I appreciate your patience. If it's not there, you can head over to Christian Historical Fiction. .buzzsprout.com. It's a little bit more to type into your browser, but you will find all the same information there. So head over there and check out the show notes. Well, that's enough for that. It is time to dive into our conversation with today's guest author. I have known this author for quite a while, had the privilege to work with her. She is absolutely outstanding. She has her master's in creative writing. She is a Southerner and has a really busy family that she's going to tell you about. This is her first book with Bethany House Publishers, and I'm so pleased to welcome Grace Hitchcock to the show to talk about her book, My Dear Miss Dupre. Welcome, Grace. Hi, Liz. I'm really happy to be here. Now, we were talking before we came on the air that you and I have worked on quite a few projects together, but we haven't spoken before. So this is a real honor for me and a real treat. When I saw that you were releasing this new book, I just knew you had to come on. Why don't you go ahead and tell us a little bit about yourself? So I am a mom of two kids. I have a three-year-old boy and I have a five-month-old baby girl. And um, my husband and I have been married for about nine years now. I have been writing since I was about 17 and I have quite a few books that will never see the light of day, but I like to use them as my practice novels before I got published. And uh, they're just sitting in my computer. <laughs> <laughs> I think a lot of us have those, quite a few that will never see the light of day. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us a little bit about your brand new book, My Dear Miss Dupre. It just, the premise is amazing. Oh, thank you, Liz. So My Dear Miss Dupre is 
basically the Gilded Age meets the Bachelorette, but a Christian version, a <laughs> very <laughs> clean and sweet romance. And it's about a girl who is attempting to take over her father's business. He runs a sugar empire. They do a sugar refinery and the board members in the business don't want a female to run the business without a man at her side, which is the catalyst for this whole story where her parents decide that in order for her to run the company, they need to get her a suitor and hopefully find someone that she can be a partner with in life and love. So that is when she starts this whole big competition and eliminates gentlemen every week in order to find her true love. Like I said, that's just so unique. She starts off with these 30 suitors and is supposed to whittle them down to the winner. And I have to admit, I haven't seen more than five minutes of The Bachelor, and that's probably not even in a row. But as soon as I started reading the book, I went, oh, this is like The Bachelor. So that did (laughs) pop into my mind. (laughs) So is that where the idea came from? Were you watching The Bachelor one night and this idea popped into your head or where did it come from? Uh, For the risk of sounding like a crazed writer, I actually had a dream one night and I woke up after having this really vivid dream about a Gilded Age romance with a competition of 30 men. I wrote out a proposal and sent it off into the world. And within a few months, Bethany signed me for the proposal, which is completely different from all the other books that I have written. Those, it took a a much longer time, but this one came to me in a dream. (laughs) (laughs) And no, you aren't crazy. You are not the first author I have talked to whose story came to them in a dream. So not that unusual, I guess, for an author to be inspired (laughs) that way. There are lots of interesting characters in this book. And that's one thing I think I love most about your writing is just the really interesting characters that you come up with, the really quirkiness that they have. And I don't know, you just have this way of finding characters that are relatable and are fun. Who is your favorite character in My Dear Miss Dupre and why? Well, thank you for that. (laughs) My favorite character, I would have to say it would be probably Theodore Day. He was, he was just somebody that came unexpectedly to the forefront of the story. And I had to give him his own point of view in order to fully tell his story. And, And then also another character, his name is Fritz Blythe. He is one of the first gentlemen you meet in the story. And I knew the way I wanted his story to go. But after I got to know him, which also sounds crazy, but after I got to know him, I was really sad in the direction that I had to pull the story. And it made me tear up while I was writing his final goodbye to Willow. Oh, (laughs) (laughs) you know, you know, you're doing a good job writing when you make yourself cry writing it. (laughs) Now, you mentioned that these books are set in the Victorian era in the Gilded Age. Why pick that era to set this story? You could have set it in you know, the 20s or World War II or Civil War. Why the Gilded Age? 
I have always loved reading about the Gilded Age from many, many years. And this is a time of great inventions and when women are really becoming more independent. Well, you still have that romantic feel of the epic romances and sweet and sweet courting and balls. I've seen a lot of books set during the Gilded Age recently. Is that becoming a popular time period to write about? Do readers seem to really like that? And why do you think that is? I have seen a lot of Gilded Age works be published in this time period. I see a lot of uh, Jen Toronto's works as one of my favorite authors to read. And um, I find that readers just really seem to enjoy this era you are from the South, but My Dear Miss Dupre is set in New York City. Were there challenges for you writing a book set in New York? I feel like my inspiration really flowed with the New York City setting. I moved to Connecticut for a summer about six years ago, and I visited New York City a whole lot while I was there and also in Newport, Rhode Island, which is also where the heroine goes with her bows. And I just feel like there's so much historical setting there. It's such a rich area. It was really no problem for me to gain inspiration. And there's so much research readily available with New York City and Newport for me to really gain that extra inspiration I need for each scene. This book involves the 400. Can you tell us what that was? So the New York 400 was a group, the elite group of society, basically the cream of the crop in regards to wealth and status that Mrs. Vanderbilt collected from her groups. And if you were accepted into her 400, you were in the in crowd and you were invited to all these high society events. And that was, that was basically the pinnacle of success for a socialite. And once you reach that level, the next level would be to be marrying well within that 400, or perhaps it would mean going overseas to get a man with a title. And how did you get to be part of that 400? Were there qualifications? And did she strictly limit it to 400 people? For that, I'm not completely sure if she limited exactly to 400, but I am pretty sure since the name of the group, but it was very, very exclusive. And you did have to meet credentials with money and status, birth, and if you were deemed interesting by Mrs. Vanderbilt. So it was definitely a club. You mentioned having a very young family, including an infant And all of this was happening while you were writing and editing My Dear Miss Dupre. How in the world did you manage to balance writing and having a baby and everything else going on in your life? It was really, it was definitely a challenge to write while pregnant and then edit right after the baby came. I was finding sentences that I wrote during pregnancy that would just make me crack up laughing because they had made absolutely no sense. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I was able to edit after having the baby. My husband's very supportive and gives me lots of time to write in the evenings. So he can just take the kids for an hour or two and I'm able to sit down with my computer and my thoughts and just work in the evenings. And then my I just moved as well in January. So my mom is nearby 
and she can come help me with the kids while I write. So I have, I have a very good support system. And that's really important for any writer at any stage, but especially one with a very young family. It's great that you can have your mom close by. Oh, yes. <laughs> and what does your mom and the rest of your family think about all of your writing? They are they are all very excited about it. They love to hear the news. My mom was the one who taught me to read, to write. I was homeschooled until I graduated high school and from there went to college and got my master's. But she was the, the one that really encouraged me with my creativity when I would be given these essays on, you know, nonfiction, nonfiction essays. I would take it to a creative way. And so my mom just decided to let me write and create these characters and create my own fictional worlds. As long as it supported the essay, it was okay. (laughs) Well, that's cool. Sounds like your mom was a really cool teacher to have. Oh, yes. (laughs) And one of the benefits of being homeschooled, because you wouldn't have been able to get away with that in school. (laughs) What was your favorite part about writing this book? With this book, it just completely, I felt like it flowed. It was a lot easier than some of the other stories I've written in the past where I felt like I was encountering writer's block. But this one, I just felt since it came in a dream, I felt like I had most, it was very vivid for me and I could get to know the characters. I really enjoyed writing about the different quirks and the gentlemen and making sure I wasn't pigeonholing them and, you know, certain characteristics. I wanted to make sure I made them realistic and relatable. And I think you really did. Thank you. What was the most challenging part about writing this book? I would say that the hardest part for me in writing this story is Willow's and Colin's spiritual journey. I had to make sure I made their journey realistic and hopefully meaningful to the writer. So whenever I write something spiritual, it's usually something that I have experienced on my own path in some way. So I just want to make sure that it is genuine when I write it. And it doesn't sound like I'm just dropping it into the story and basically preaching. I'd like it to come across natural. And this is something that would happen in their character arc. I follow you on Facebook and on Instagram, and you do some amazing photography. I just think you have a beautiful eye. Is that one of your hobbies? And what are some of your other hobbies? What do you like to do in your spare time? Thank you. I I do enjoy taking bookstagram pictures and just arranging because I feel like the covers of books are just such beautiful artwork. I have to showcase them. So I like to take pictures of authors that I'm currently reading and my to-be-read piles. So that's what I cover mostly on Instagram. For my hobbies these days, it's just getting outdoors and walking whenever possible, reading a good book. So my I used to travel a lot, but I'm sure that will come back soon. Yeah, hopefully that Will, I know a lot of authors are really chafing because they've had to write books while in lockdown and haven't been able to go to where they need to be to be able to write their books. So hopefully that will come back. Yes. So what's up next for you? What can we look forward to from you? Next up is Flora Wingfield's story and the runner-up of the competition, which is Theodore Day. And the book title, which I haven't announced it yet, but I will hear it's Her Darling Mr. Day. 
So it takes place in New Orleans and it covers the story of Theodore is now in a competition with his brother to become head of the day luxury steamboat line. They have to sell enough boats to see who becomes the head of the company by the end of the summer. And Flora is in the background trying to steal Teddy's heart before it's too late. Well, that sounds like another really interesting premise and a great story, a little bit closer to home for you to do your research. Yes. So there were places that I have already been and I lived in New Orleans. So St. Charles Avenue was just a couple of blocks from my house when I lived there a few years ago. So you really have an insight into that city then. (laughs) Yes. Where can the listeners find you to connect with you? I can be found on gracehitchcock.com, and there you have links to my Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and I have a blog there with book reviews, what I've currently been reading. So while you wait for the next book, you can see a good recommendation for a book while you wait. That sounds great. Do you have any last words for the listeners? Well, I hope you enjoy reading Willow's Journey to Find Love. And I appreciate you joining us today. And thank you for having me here, Liz. Well, it has certainly been our pleasure. We are so glad that you were able to take the time and do this. We appreciate it so much. We pray a blessing on my dear Miss Dupre. If you haven't read it, I am not terribly far into the book myself, but listeners, you have to pick this up. It's It's so much fun. And if you enjoy Jen Toronto, then you are going to definitely enjoy Grace Hitchcock and My Dear Miss Dupre. And when is her darling Mr. Day? And that will release in January. You're going to make us wait a little bit until (laughs) that one comes out, aren't you? (laughs) Yes, yes. I guess the readers would like writers to write faster and writers are... Like, I'm writing as fast as I possibly can. Just hang on. (laughs) (laughs) I used to write books a little bit faster, but when I had the second baby to the mix, it it changed everything. (laughs) I am sure. I'm sure that did. Well, we're glad that you were able to even squeeze out a few minutes every day to do a little bit of writing because you create these wonderfully entertaining stories that are so much fun to read. So listeners, if you are looking for a really great spring read, something fun and lighthearted after everything that's gone on in the past year, then My Dear Miss Dupre might be the book for you. Thank you so much, Grace. It's been great to have you. Thank you, Liz. That's about all the time we have for today. Wasn't Grace a wonderful guest? It was so great to chat with her, to get to know her a little bit. And you heard it here, folks, the title of her next book. She gave us the exclusive. Imagine that. How cool is that? That's one of the benefits of listening to Christian Historical Fiction Talk and subscribing to it on your favorite platform, because you never know what the authors are going to let slip to us here on the podcast. As I said before, please make sure to check out the show notes. You can find out more about Grace, about My Dear Miss Dupre, and there will be links there for you to purchase My Dear Miss Dupre. If you can't find it on my website, which is liztolsma.com, head over to christianhistoricalfiction.buzzsprout.com, and all that same information will be over there. 
Next week, we will be turning to a completely different time era, and that is the biblical time era. And Jill Eileen Smith will be here to talk about Miriam's song, which, as you can imagine, tells the story of Miriam. So I've been reading that book. It's very interesting. I love all the little insights that she has to it and how she fleshes out Miriam's personality. So we will have a very interesting conversation with Jill Eileen Smith next week. You don't want to miss out on that. Until then, have a great week. We'll see you later.